Jesus is learning how to hone his skills and powers by resurrecting birds and bringing his friends back to life and killing kids who he doesn't like, but then bringing them back to life and blinding parents that are complaining to his parents and then giving them their sight back. Healing his friend's foot. His friend fell off a roof, bringing him back to life. There's all sorts of ways that Jesus is learning how to hone his skills and abilities. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad YouTube channel and podcast. My name is Luke and I uh, got a little bit of a froggy voice here today, but nonetheless, we're going to be jumping into the childhood of Jesus. This is not something that the Bible talks very much about. Uh, we see obviously the Immaculate Conception, the Virgin Birth, uh, which we talked about in the last episode. So if you've not checked that out, uh, you can go learn about the Immaculate Conception from the canonical gospels as well as from the gospel of the holy 12 and that contrasting uh, narrative where it's similar and where it contrasts um, but then we have that virgin birth and then we have jesus at 12 years old whenever uh, all of jesus family they go to jerusalem for this big uh, you know i forget which festival it is off the top of my head it's kind of early when i'm recording this right now i'll be honest um, but they go to Jerusalem for this big festival and Jesus gets left behind and he's in the temple and he's teaching the teachers and Joseph and Mary have to go back to Jerusalem after a whole day's journey of leaving and um, they end up finding Jesus again teaching in the uh, synagogue and the temple courts. Uh, but then until when Jesus comes on the scene with John the Baptist, we don't really have any information. We call this the lost years of Jesus. And there's a lot of speculation about what Jesus did in the lost years, um, but there's a, a little bit of information that is available to us in the Gospel of the Holy Twelve. And if you've been following along with my channel, the past few videos have all been about the Gospel of the Holy Twelve. I think this is an incredible Gospel. If you're not familiar with what the Gospel of the Holy Twelve is, click the link that'll be somewhere up here or down below and watch about the origin of the doctrine or the doctrine, the gospel of the Holy Twelve. Um, but the gospel of the Holy Twelve shows a little bit into the childhood of Jesus. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, there's a lot of speculation from extra biblical sources, like I was saying. We're going to talk also a little bit today about the infancy gospel of Thomas. Uh, not to be confused with the gospel of Thomas. This is the infancy gospel of Thomas. And these are some documents that can give us a little peek and a little insight into what the childhood of Jesus was like. Because I don't know about you, but I would definitely be curious to see what the childhood would be like of someone who has magical, supernatural, mystical powers. You know, like I would guess that he would be punking his friends. I would guess that if he got mad, he wasn't just going to like hit his friend. He was going to do something gnarly to him. And uh, the infancy gospel of Thomas shows us that Jesus does some pretty far out things to people he doesn't like. So we'll get into that here in just a moment. But uh, the lost years of Jesus is that time frame between age 12 and age 30 from the canonical gospels where we don't have any information about Jesus. Uh, but we do have information about him, but not accepted into what we consider the canon of scripture or the, you know, the, uh, the final authority of scripture. So let's start with the gospel of the Holy 12. And then we're going to look at a few other stories uh, from the infancy gospel of Thomas. Uh, but since we're doing this whole series and 
time frame about the Gospel of the Holy Twelve, it's only right that we start there. So, uh, again, there is a lot of similarities that lead up to this point. What you got to know about the Gospel of the Holy Twelve uh, is that a lot of the things are very similar. Uh, that's why I'm kind of leaning towards thinking that this is like the master document that all the other Gospels were mirrored from. This seems like it's sort of the the uh, main gospel, probably the earliest gospel where, you know, it's attributed to John as just writing all the things that he can remember about the life of Jesus and recording it all down. And then we see it get slowly whittled away um, for some pretty obvious reasons if you read the text itself. So this is kind of like the director's cut version. So we see a lot of similarities before the edits. Uh, and so the similarities in this, this is going to be, if you have your, if you got your gospel, go ahead and pull it out, turn to page 11. We're going to go and read the scripture here today. Uh, lection six, lection six, the title of this lection is the childhood and youth of Jesus the Christ. Also, which we're not going to talk about this today, later episode, but he delivereth a lion from the hunters. Um, so in this is whenever they went up to Jerusalem and uh, Jesus travels with his family um, and they tarried to Jerusalem. Again, this is very old school language. It's not been revised in over a hundred years. So it's very, you know, King James-like whenever you read it. Um, so they tarried to Jerusalem and his parents knew not of it, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back to Jerusalem seeking him. So I'm not going to get into this right now. It's not what this video is about. But this is the whole thing where he comes in and he's teaching. Uh, they were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? <laughs> Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You know, and he said to them, Why have you sought me? My parents' house, yada, yada. But I think what's interesting is that, you know, it says like how uh, in our accepted version, the AV, the canonical gospels, that Mary held all these things in her heart. She cherished these moments in her heart. And it says this as well, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. But the transition now to this next part that I want to talk about, it's interesting that while still in Jerusalem, it says, and a certain prophet seeing him, said unto him, Behold, the love and the wisdom of God are one in thee. Therefore, in the age to come, shalt thou be called Jesu Maria, for by the Christ shall God save mankind, which now is verily as the bitterness of the sea, but it shall yet be turned into sweetness. But to this generation, the bride shall not be manifest, nor yet to the age to come. I could really riff on the age to come on this. A lot of this is saying this age and the age to come. I think this is talking about the age of Aquarius that we are moving into right now. That's why Jesus, whenever he tells his disciples before the upper room, he says, go and you will see a man pouring out water from his jug. And that is the room that you will know to be the upper room. Well, as we know, the sign of Aquarius is the man pouring out water in the jug. Jesus was the age of Pisces. This age of forgiveness is what Pisces is really mainly about. And so it's not necessarily that, this, that Pisces was the age of the forgiveness as the precursor to the age of Aquarius. 
Uh, so Jesus was setting up a, not only in this age, but the age to come. This prophet sees Jesus and he says, what Jesus is doing in this age is going to not be realized in this age, but in the age to come. Pisces wouldn't fully be able to realize the fullness of Jesus' message. The age of Aquarius will be realizing the fullness of Christ. So little side note there. Um, but we go down here, this is when Jesus was a child, and he comes to Nazareth. So this is the, the part of Jesus' childhood uh, from the Gospel of the Holy Twelve. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. So he just, he obeyed his parents. And he made wheels and yokes and tables also with great skill. So he's a carpenter. We saw this in the last video. Uh, about Jesus being a carpenter, Joseph being a carpenter. We don't have much information about that from our canonical gospels. It comes from extra biblical sources, but it's funny, almost all evangelical pastors accept this idea of Joseph being a carpenter, but we get that from extra biblical sources. Funny what we pick and choose, right? So Jesus, he's a skilled, uh, he's skilled. He has skills and talents when it comes to making wheels and yokes and tables. And Jesus increased in stature and in favor with God and man. We have that in our accepted version. But this is the interesting part. And on a certain day, the child Jesus came to a place where a snare was set for birds. And there were some boys there. And Jesus said to them, Who hath set this snare for innocent creatures of God? Behold, in a snare shall they in like manner be caught. And he beheld 12 sparrows as it, were, as it were dead. And he moved his hands over them and said to them, Go, fly away, and while ye live, remember me. And they arose and fled away, making a noise. And the Jews, seeing this, were astonished and told it unto the priests. And other wonders did the child, did the child, and flowers were seen to spring up beneath his feet. And where there had not been, and where there had been not, but barren ground before, and his companions stood in awe of him. So, Jesus seems to really care about creation. And you'll see that in the Gospel of the Holy Twelve. Jesus is a vegetarian. This also goes to realize that Jesus was likely in a scene. Uh, the Essenes were those, if you're unfamiliar, uh, they were a separatist group who lived in the caves outside of the city. They had a lot of pools for baptism. They emphasized baptism, which is why Jesus was a Baptist, which is why Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, John the Baptist, right? John was a Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Jesus gets baptized. That's a very important symbolic moment in his evolution to the full realization of the Christ in him. And we see uh, that Essenes were completely uh, involved and engaged with the oneness of all creation. And so they were vegetarians. They didn't eat meat uh, and they protected animals and wildlife. And you're gonna see in the Gospel of the Holy Twelve just how focused Jesus is about caring for animals. And we'll do another video about Jesus' care for animals. But even whenever he was a child, I think this is beautiful. And I have two kids. I have a son and a daughter, uh, six and eight years old. And it's just so sweet what children cherish. And you really know what kids care about. They don't have anything to hide. They're candid. They, they really show what they love and what they cherish and what they value. And I think it's super sweet to see Jesus as a child just honestly caring for these birds. This isn't something that he adopted. 
And you know, in spirituality, what we have today, where everybody's a guru online, you know, we have these people who have chosen to be vegan or chosen to be mostly because it's trending or they care about animals because it's, you know, trending on TikTok or whatever. And, and most people love animals, but I'm just saying like, and most children do, but you know, we sometimes adapt things because we think that they're, they might be cool or trending. But Jesus in his most innocent years cares so much about animals and uh, he really just wants to to see all creation flourish and you see that even in these young years and so these boys and there's always young kids who are like setting traps right and picking on animals and doing things that are, that are bad i remember being a kid and you know whatever this story isn't about me but kids doing mean things to animals you know and jesus sees this and he's he's moved by it in his young years and he takes them in all these 12 sparrows they were dead and he puts his hands over them and he tells them to go and fly away and asks the birds to remember him. Like he's communicating with animals. There seems to be no language uh, barrier here. This is more of a vibrational sort of communication. He is communing with creation itself. It's all in harmony. It's all in union. And Jesus is communicating with the birds brings them back to life, asks them to remember him, and they fly away making a noise, and all of the people around and even the priest are astonished at this. It's incredible, and honestly, it's endearing. This is one of the most endearing things to read some of Jesus in his childhood. But Jesus isn't always so sweet. (laughs) He's kind of like the Sour Patch Kid commercial, right? First they're sour, then they're sweet. And uh, we have some sour stories from the infancy of the Gospel of Thomas we're about to get into. But just so you know, after this, it goes into Jesus when he was 18 and goes into him more of his youth um, from in his young adult life, which we're going to get into. Uh, we see that Jesus was married, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that probably next week. So be sure to subscribe and uh, turn on notifications because we're going to talk about Jesus being married and uh, a tragic accident that happens in the early life of Jesus that propels him forward on his mission. But for this video, the childhood of Jesus, uh, Jesus brings these birds back to life. But then we have the infancy gospel of Thomas, the infancy gospel of Thomas. Again, not to be confused with the gospel of Thomas where there is, uh, I believe it, what is it, 140 sayings of Jesus, 140, right? 114, 114 sayings of Jesus in the Gospel of Thomas that is just basically, it reads a lot like the Tao Te Ching and it's just wisdom from Jesus that's collected. Uh, But the infancy Gospel of Thomas is about Jesus in his young years, in his infancy, in his childhood. And we have a few different stories from the infancy gospel of Thomas that gives us a peek into what Jesus would have been like with these supernatural powers as a kid. And it's not as endearing as what you might think. It's quite malevolent in many ways. Uh, So this is from the ages 5 to 12. So this even goes earlier than the gospel of the Holy Twelve. And this actually comes from the second century. I'd like to mention, too, that the earliest versions of the... um, Infancy Gospel of Thomas were also written in Coptic, which a lot of uh, our earliest Gospels that were preserved were written in Coptic as well, uh, Egyptian, from back in the early 
first, uh, second, third century. And this is recorded. It's actually in first Greek. We have the Greek copy as well and the Coptic version. So we have a couple different translations. Um, and so there's some interesting uh, stuff that people have found to be fiction who believe in the canonical scriptures, right? They can't accept this. Actually, uh, Eusebius, uh, old ancient uh, church father, definitely uh, deemed it as uh, heretical. And uh, so it, it was definitely cast out from any sort of acceptance. So let's just look at a few of Jesus' uh, stories from his early years. One of the most interesting stories for me, uh, I learned about this story. I was actually at a conference. Uh, if you don't know my story, I came from Vineyard Churches, very charismatic church movement. Um, and I was at it whenever I was still a pastor with the Vineyard. Uh, I went to a conference. It was a regional conference. And we had uh, Miroslav Volf come to the conference and speak. And uh, I didn't know how radical that was at the time. Uh, the vineyard used to be very ecumenical. It's become very evangelical and uh, kind of closed-minded, to be honest with you. But um, there's still some open people. But for the most part, it's pretty, pretty uh, denominational at this point. But um, Miroslav Volf came and shared with us a story uh, that is found in the Quran. But here's the thing: this story, though it's found in the Quran, it is actually originally found in the infancy gospel of Thomas. Basically, Jesus. Uh, breathes life into a clay bird. And that's the first time that I heard about that story. It was at that uh, conference. And I was like, whoa, there's other stories about Jesus doing miraculous things. And uh, it was just so bizarre to think about Jesus. That was the first time that I like was open to the idea of more stories outside of the Bible. But in the infancy gospel of Thomas, uh, it includes the story of Jesus breathing life into the clay bird. But it also, and this is what I think is really funny, is that Jesus uh, is trying to be a student and there's teachers who are teaching him, but Jesus continues to teach over the teachers. And anytime that he sort of gets in trouble a little bit, he just starts teaching the law to the teachers better than they can teach it and brings correction to them. And then ultimately, too, he does some very kind things as well. Again, first he's sour, then he's sweet. Like his friend falls off a roof. And whenever his friend falls off a roof, uh, he's killed and Jesus brings him back to life. Another friend cut off his foot with an axe and Jesus heals his foot and puts his foot back on to his leg. So he does these nice things for people that he likes. And then people that he's irritated with, he just uses his powers to just do mean stuff to them, like make them blind and kill some people and all sorts of funky and far out stories that we read about Jesus. But you know, if you think about it, like wouldn't each of us have to go through a process of learning that power too? Like if Jesus is a human, but is anointed and has these supernatural abilities, like don't you think it would take some time to figure out like how to really steward this power? I mean, many of us, with our own life, with anything at all, with any gift or talent or skill that we're given, we all have to mature and grow into our skills. And many of us aren't even until our 30s are we able to actually really hone in on how to best use our skills. So it's obvious that Jesus would be 30 years old whenever he walks into being uh, the fullness of the master of his skills. But as a child, 
I don't, I'd be doing the same thing too. If a teacher was annoying me, I would absolutely use my supernatural abilities and I would absolutely use my infinite wisdom to pwn on them. And then ultimately this uh, infancy gospel of Thomas ends at age 12 with the same story that we see in the gospel of the Holy 12 and in the accepted versions of the scriptures, the canonical Bible, where Jesus goes to Jerusalem then and is found amongst the teachers and uh, the scribes teaching them about the, uh, the law in ways that they never even knew before. So that's where it ends. So Jesus brings life to a dried fish. He does these other miracles where he breathes life into birds of clay. Uh, he curses a boy who then becomes a corpse. Uh, he curses another boy who falls dead and then he blinds their parents. Uh, Jesus is correcting his teachers. Uh, Jesus ultimately uh, then reverses some of these things as well. So whenever Jesus uh, has blinds the parents, he, he gives them their sight back and he revives their son and he resurrects, you know, obviously his friend that, that fell from the roof, which we just talked about. But Jesus has all of these incredible stories from his childhood of him learning how to hone his skill and his ability. And now, whether or not they are actually true, I'm not sure. But I do think it's interesting that in the second century, all of this was written. This was written very, very close to the time of where all of the scriptures were being written. And so it's interesting that all of these stories, which you have to know about the Bible in general, is that these were all oral traditions being passed down around campfires. And so people are telling these stories about Jesus for many years before any of it gets recorded. And so it's interesting, maybe some of these stories are true. I could totally see them being true because when Jesus is a kid, he's a kid. And kids do very sweet and endearing things and kids also do things that are extremely irritating and agitating and you have to teach them over and over to do stuff. Again, I have a, a six and an eight year old and parenting is interesting. You're teaching kids over and over. You feel like you're repeating yourself all the time. And uh, it wouldn't make any sense that Jesus wouldn't have that same experience if he is human. And so Jesus is learning how to hone his skills and powers by resurrecting birds and bringing his friends back to life and killing kids who he doesn't like, but then bringing them back to life and blinding parents that are complaining to his parents and then giving them their sight back. Healing his friend's foot his friend fell off a roof, bringing him back to life. There's all sorts of ways that Jesus is learning how to hone his skills and abilities. And I think that's interesting, if nothing else at all. So again, uh, Jesus in his childhood, we see some very interesting stuff. Next week, we are gonna be talking about Jesus when he's 18 and he's married and uh, he goes to Egypt and learns all sorts of fun stuff. So be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a comment and we'll continue this journey through the gospel of the Holy 12. Have a wonderful day, friends, and we'll see you next time on the podcast and YouTube channel.